I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 81. Rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear. Studying Numbers, chapters 11 through 14 and 20 through 24. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a daughter of God, just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home too. Let's talk about murmuring. It's a fun word, isn't it? Murmur. Murmur. Okay. Um, so we're going to look basically in Numbers 11 today. I know there's a ton of stuff here. Um, we get the serpents. We have the quails. We have um, what's-his-face with the donkey, which I like. Do I can't wrap my head around the fact that this guy's donkey starts talking to him. And instead of being like, whoa, bro, you can talk. He's like, well, really, really? Like I would have had a heart attack if my cat started talking to me. I'd be like, am I hallucinating? Am I dying? I'm having a stroke. This is, is that what's happening right now? Like I'd be so confused. Um, but we're going to focus. This is the thing I kept feeling like I needed to talk about and it's been on my mind all week. So this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about murmuring. We're going to talk about numbers chapter 11. Um, we get a lot of complaining, <laughs> a lot. It's the complain train all aboard. Boop, boop. Like we get a lot of complaining in this chapter, um, from the, children of Israel. We get a lot of complaining from Moses and it might be a little sacrilegious to say, but I feel like we even get a little bit of complaining from the Lord. A little bit of this, like, are you kidding me? Like you still don't believe me when I say that I'm going to take care of you. You still are like, well, how could it possibly work out? Like, dude, where have you been? Right. Um, and this sassiness, I was actually just talking to Jake about this. There's, um, with the quails, right? There's that verse where he said, the Lord says something to the effect of, I will give you meat and you're going to get so much meat. You're going to be sick of the meat. You're going to get so much meat that you will loathe the sight of it and it will come out of your nose. And I was like, um, first of all, gross. Second of all, it's not like a little bit sassy. And so Jake and I theorized either the Lord is way sassier than we had previously anticipated. But what's more likely is this is one of those places <laughs> where what's translated is not exactly the intention of what was actually said. Um, Jake even suggested that maybe the translator was like getting irritated with the children of Israel and <laughs> Moses and was like, well, I know the Lord didn't say this, but this is what he should have said. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. That's why we believe in the Bible as far as it is translated correctly. But this is what I want to talk about. All the complaining, all the complaining. And this isn't the only place that we see it with the children of Israel, with Moses. This is not the only place we see it. Um, the first, the major two, the, the conductors of the complaint train, the head organizers of the murmur board are Laman and Lemuel in my brain, right? They were all about the murmuring, many much murmurs. Um, and we, they're, they're like the main murmurers, in my brain, right? So we get murmuring from them. We get um, some of it from Joseph Smith, right? Um, everybody, I feel like everybody in their life, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how bad you are. It doesn't matter. Everybody has that moment 
if you believe in God, if you believe in some kind of higher power, but obviously we're specifically talking about believing in God here, where you have that, oh God, where art thou moment, right? Joseph Smith has his in Liberty Jail. Um, Job has his where he says something to the effect of like, why didn't I just die in the womb? Like, why am I here? This is awful. This is so awful. Um, and it's so easy to get caught in this, right? Like I've had these moments. I'm sure you all have. I have definitely had these moments. Um, I've had these moments on behalf of other people where it's like, why, why does this keep happening? Um, and this is the way that I noticed for me specifically, um, I tend to get into this, why me and all the murmuring the most, I tend to get the most bogged down by it when I am not feeling appreciated, when I am feeling unseen. And particularly the one thought that gets me every time is this is so unfair. This is so unfair. It shouldn't be this way. It should be this way, right? It shouldn't be this way. It should be that way. This isn't fair. And I'm sure if your parents were anything like my parents at some point in their lives, they said to you at some point in your life, life wasn't meant to be fair. Um, <clears throat> but then how do we reconcile that with a God who is all fair and all just, right? So here's what I offer to you. This is the thing that has been on my mind. This is the thing that I keep thinking about that I'm like, okay, we're just going to talk about this because this is what has been on the forefront. What if life is fair? What if life is fair, right? We see these murmurings. We see all these things. I think about specifically, like, I was thinking about it when I first started thinking about it in terms of babies, right? I have friends that really struggle with infertility issues. Um, and then I have friends who struggle with over fertility issues. Um, I knew kids in high school that got pregnant at the drop of a hat. I knew, I know moms that have been trying or, you know, and women who have been trying for years and years and years to have babies or to have that second baby. And it just is not happening for them. Um, and it's so easy to look at this and be like, this isn't fair. This is not fair. Right. Um, and so this is how I'm reframing it for you. So stick with me here. When you go to college, when you go to university, I went to BYU Hawaii, right? Brigham Young University in Hawaii. Um, one of the things that they do at some point in your university experience, typically within the first two years, you have to declare a major, right? You have to decide what it is you want to learn while you're at school. There's an abundance of options so pick one, right? Pick one. What's the thing you want to study while you're here at school in this three to four years of study? Or if you're like my friend Megan, you do it in two years because you are crazy ambitious and slightly insane. <laughs> I say that with love and like tons of admiration. Um, but I was an English major. And so I went into our student, like the counselor person, and I told her I want to be an English major. Where are my classes? And she had, which was like the coolest thing. It makes my heart, my, the little piece of me that really loves being organized, um, makes it, this makes me so happy. And then the rest of me is just exploded all over the place. I, you can't see it. I would show you, but the room is a disaster. <laughs> like I have papers everywhere. There's clothes everywhere. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So. They have a list, 
right? I'm getting distracted. They have a list of all of the classes that you have to take. These are all the generals you have to take. These are the specifics you have to take. These are your major classes, right? Blah, blah, blah. From beginning to end, from freshman year to, so to senior year, you have to take this many classes, right? And here's the thing. If I was to take my list of my English classes and this, you know, whatever my, my criteria are, and I was to compare it to a friend of mine who got her degree in biology, I could easily look at these two and go, well, that's not fair. How come I have to take 12 English classes and she only has to take two? That's not fair, right? And equally, she could look at her class list and look at my class list and go, well, how come I have to take three math classes and she only has to take one? That's not fair, right? How come I have to take 12 biology classes and she only has to take one? That's, that's messed up. Why? That's not fair, right? Now, obviously, in this context, we look at this and we go, well, of course it's not the same. Fair doesn't mean the same. We both have the same goal, right? Where both of our goals in going to school is to finish our four years at this university and have a degree, right? In this case, a bachelor's degree. We want to have our bachelor's degree by the time we're done at this, at this university when we spend our time there. But the way that we get there is different because our focus and the things that we are going to learn are different because what we need out of life, what we want out of life is different. So here's the thing. Here's what the way I look at it. In the pre-existence, and this is 100% gospel according to Donica. I don't have anything at all that backs this up. This is a way that I frame things so that I can sit with it and it can be something that makes sense in my brain. Does that make sense? <laughs> Hopefully. Um, and I think I probably talked about this before, but anyway. I like to think that in the pre-existence, we sat down with our Heavenly Father in the pre-mortal life. <coughs> That's right. We don't call it the pre-existence anymore. In the pre-mortal life, I sat down with my Heavenly Father and he said, hey, um, you're about to start your time on earth. It's going to be this long. And these are the classes you're going to have to take while you're down there. You're going to have to take this class. You're going to have to take this class. You're going to have to take this class. This, this is your class list. These are the classes that you have to take in order to learn the things that you need to learn in order to come back and live with me, to make the mistakes that you need to make, find Christ, use that atonement over and over and over and over again in order to become the person I know that you're capable of becoming. This is your class list. And I was like, okay, that looks a little intense, but I can do it. We got this. Except here's the thing. I don't know what my major is down here. When I went to school, I got to pick. English major, 100%. <laughs> I got to pick when I went to school. Um, but here on earth, I don't remember what my major is. I don't remember what classes I signed up for. And it doesn't make the classes easier especially, like I said, as I think about my friends dealing with infertility, I think about my friends um, dealing with various struggles of losing spouses and losing children and parents and grandparents and the loss of loved one or having your country war torn, all these things that are so hard and so 
big and heavy and how we look at these things and go, that's not fair. And I'm not saying this to diminish the pain there. I'm not saying it to invalidate those feelings. Um, but I genuinely believe that our Heavenly Father does have a plan for us. And it's easy to get stuck in murmuring when we look at our plan and our lives and we compare it to somebody else's and go, well, how come I had to take 11 English classes and she doesn't? How come I had to take the infertility class and she didn't? Right? And again, I'm not saying this to be insensitive at all. And so if it comes across that way, I apologize immediately. Um, but for me in thinking of my heavenly father and reconcile, reconciling why some people get one thing and other people don't and why some people have to wait and other people don't is I look at it in this way with this class roster and say, of course, of course it makes sense this way. It doesn't make that class any easier. It does not make that class less challenging or less painful, but it does make it make a little more sense for me. I can look at it and be like, okay, I don't, I don't understand why my marriage had to take this class. Why did we have to take this class? This is hard. And I don't understand what we're going to learn from it. But here's what I will tell you about my university experience that is helping me through that. There was a class I had to take and I hated the professor. Hated the professor. He was the worst. <laughs> Um, I didn't want to see him again for the rest of my life. I, the class was, I learned a lot. I read a lot of very powerful, somewhat traumatizing books that haunt my nightmares to this day. Um, because they dealt with really heavy, very human things. And I hated that class. I could not wait to be done with that class. I dreaded going to that class, but it was a required course. It was a required course in order to graduate with my degree in English. I had to take this class. This was the only time in my semesters that it fit. This was the professor who was teaching it. I had to take the class. It was not an option if I wanted to graduate with my, with my bachelor's in English, master's in English someday. We'll get there. Um, and I remember at the end of that class being so relieved it was over. And also, while I will never say I am grateful for that professor, being grateful to myself for sticking it out, being grateful to myself for showing up, even though I hated every second of it, being grateful to myself for being willing to be so uncomfortable that I was able to push my mind and my... I would say body, but not really. <laughs> it didn't really attack me physically at all. Um, but I came out of that class being like, wow, I'm so much stronger than I thought I was. Um, and I think that there's a lot of value in that. Um, some of our trials, some of the classes that we get signed up for are optional classes, like beginning swimming. I didn't have to take beginning swimming to graduate with a bachelor's in English, but I did cause it was fun and I wanted to take it. Um, 
So there's some classes that we take because of our own choices. There are other classes that we take because a friend of ours talks us into taking a class. Um, but again, that's our choice, right? And there are other classes that this is where it fits in the semester. This is the professor who's teaching it. This is your one chance to take this class if you are going to graduate with your bachelor's in English. Um, and those are the classes that we kind of get shoved into, I think, sometimes, right? Those things that we don't want, that we would never wish on our worst enemy, those things that we would much rather go through our entire lives and never have had those trials. Um, it's with those classes that I think that that's the time that we lean into our Heavenly Father. It is in these times that we rebel not against the Lord and neither fear that we trust that he does have our best interest in heart, even though we don't understand how this class could ever possibly give us anything except pain and heartache and sleepless nights. And it's in that time that we lean on him and trust that as the creator of our class list, that he does know what he's doing and he does have a purpose in our pain. Um, and sometimes it's okay to murmur. It's okay to murmur. It's okay to ask, Oh God, where art thou? It's okay to struggle. I feel like that's the thing I've learned the most from Moses's story is that he struggles a lot. He murmurs a lot. There are so many times, especially, um, I think verses uh, 11 through 15 in chapter 11 of numbers. He's like, why, why me? Why do I have to carry all of this? And I remember reading it the first time and being like, bro, what do you mean? Why you? Like, what do you mean you're carrying everybody? Like the Lord is right there the whole time. He's literally providing you guys food. You, he's, he opened the seas so you could escape. Like, what about this? Do you not understand? But of course I'm on the outside of this reading about it gazillion years later. He was the one experiencing it and carrying that weight. Um, and I feel that sometimes as a mom and I only have four kids to take care of, not 40,000 grumpy Israelites. <laughs> um, and I think about how, I don't know if they actually had 40,000. It just seemed like a nice number in comparison to my four, but I've definitely had those moments as a mom of like, why, why is this so hard? This shouldn't be this hard. Um, and so I just want to remind you that Moses was a prophet. He was a successful prophet who led his people to follow Christ. He gave us the Ten Commandments. He gave us all kinds of amazing stories of faith and perseverance. And that murmuring does not make you a bad person. It's what you do after that is the most important to the Lord. I think that he knows we're going to murmur. Obviously, there's several, many examples of us, of him, telling us, telling Emma Smith, telling Oliver Cowdery, telling Joseph Smith, telling the prophet, telling um, Moses, telling Moses to tell the Israelites, murmur not, right? Like, don't worry about it. I got this. I've got you. Um, but I think what's most important to him is not that we don't murmur, but it's what we do after. Do we murmur and get our frustrations out and then say, okay, I don't understand why I'm taking this class. I don't understand why I'm supposed to get out of this class, but I'm going to show up and I'm going to hate every second of it, but I trust you. I trust that this is going somewhere important. I trust, I trust, I trust the process. 
Um, and I just wanted to kind of talk about that and talk about how our class list is all different. We're all majoring in different things and we don't even know what we're majoring in. Um, sometimes maybe we don't find out until we die. Maybe once we die, they're like, Hey, congratulations. Here's your degree in pain. <laughs> um, but I think that that's the most important thing is that we can learn that no matter who we are, what we're going through, what our class list looks like, the person who organized the class list loves us so much and hopes that we are willing to be uncomfortable and deal with massive amounts of pain with trust and love and knowledge that he is doing the best for us. And I know that it doesn't always feel that way. And I will talk to you guys next week.